Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Today's warehouse needs to keep inventory moving smoothly and quickly. Meet these challenges with on-demand warehouse labeling from Brother Mobile Solutions. Our mobile and industrial printers will help optimize your operations to achieve the speed, reliability, and durability your warehouse needs. With easy integration for existing warehouse technology, convenient portability, and upfront affordability, Brother Mobile Solutions is at your side when it comes to warehouse labeling. Try one for free today by visiting brothermobilesolutions.com slash newwarehouse or click the link in the show notes. That's brothermobilesolutions.com slash new warehouse to try one for free today. The New Warehouse Podcast hosted by Kevin Lawton is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am going to be joined by Rob Van Stratum. He is a managing partner and Apex Master Instructor at Supply Chain Education CZ. And he also does some Apex instructing as well, very focused on instructing and being an instructor in the supply chain space. And he's going to tell us a little bit about an interesting topic that I I guess I was aware of the the concept of it, but I didn't realize that there was a a term and, and also a whole framework kind of behind this idea of psychological safety. And Rob actually kind of enlightened me to this on, on LinkedIn. So we decided to join up and, and do this podcast here. So I want to welcome Rob to the show all the way from Belgium, I think you said, right? You're in Belgium. We're in the Netherlands, close to Belgium. Okay. And then the Netherlands. All right. So, so Rob, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, Kevin. I'm, I'm doing great. In fact, it's already almost in the second half of the afternoon. So weekend will start soon. <laughs> uh, so you're you're almost at the weekend, and I, I'm just exactly. getting started on Friday here, counting down the hours, yes. right? So, <laughs> so very good to connect from across the world here. So, yeah. I, I guess why don't you tell us a little bit about your your background and kind of how you you ended up in the the supply chain space and and ended up being an, an instructor here. Well, I've been an academic the last 25 years of my career mm. in, in Eindhoven. In, in, University of uh, Applied Sciences, and I've been teaching general management and supply chain management and change management for all kinds of students, national students, but also international students, bachelor degrees, master degrees. And as a matter of fact, if you are in Eindhoven, you are in fact at the center of gravity of Dutch manufacturing. So a lot of big companies well known over the world, like ASML or Philips or Tough Trucks, which is uh, actually an American firm right now, subsidiary of Pekar, mm-hmm. are there. And a lot of my students have done a thesis, and I did this 
thesis supervision. So I know a lot of these guys in the manufacturing companies. Before my academic career, I've been consulting in the supply chain, five years, warehousing and uh, lean. And uh, during that first five years, I became also an APEX instructor. Mm -hmm. And uh, during my academic career, I've been teaching APEX for 25 years. Recently, I retired. So now I can focus entirely on teaching APEX a lot. So I still come inside a lot of, you know, supply chain activities, warehousing, transportation, mm-hmm. manufacturing. And uh, well, I, I really love it. Big ships, big trains, big trucks, <laughs> uh, machines, the smell of oil in a, in a metal plant that still fascinates me. Mm. Very interesting and, and definitely an interesting background. And it's great that now you, you're taking that, that background and, and those experiences and being able to, to apply it to your, your instructing and being able to, to pass that knowledge and experience on to, you know, people that are also in the supply chain space and, and looking to grow within the supply chain space as well. Um, so I, I'm curious actually because I'm involved in, in APEX ASEM as well over here in New Jersey and I have my CLTD certification, but I'm curious maybe you can tell the listener what the, because I, I get this question from time to time. What's, what would you say is, is the value of a, a CLTD certification in the, the distribution and transportation space? Well, first we must talk about the value of any certification and mm-hmm. that value is in fact proportional with the number of people that already are certified. I think if you are the only CLTD on the planet, then nobody else would recognize you. And <laughs> the, big thing, <laughs> the big thing for APIC certification is that they are, you know, by far the biggest and well-known, most well-known certifications in the world. You have three types, CPIM, the oldest, I would say CSCP, the new kit on the block already, mm-hmm. new kit, 20 years old. And CLTD is the most recent one. And really, if you are doing something in supply chain, especially on on global transportation, then CLTD has a quite a big value. It gives you, I'm CLTD certified myself. I have mm-hmm. taught the, the course several times. It gives you a very comprehensive overview of all the things you should know as not a meteor, not a senior mm-hmm. <clears throat> consultant over there, but as a, on a meteor level, you start with nothing. And then in just 100, 120 hours of study, you know quite a lot. And with this certificate, you can let know other people that you have done this. You have passed the exam and you are able to do a decent job. And that's quite valuable. I see even in Europe, many firms that are asking for jobs. And then they they would always say an APEX certification is for sure a recommendation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really good point. And I would I would echo the same thing. I mean, I think... In, in being CLTD certified and going through the course and, and the test as well. You know, I certainly, I took it earlier on in my, in my career when I was more at like a analyst type level. And it, and it certainly exposed me to a lot of concepts that I probably would not have gotten exposed to later on in my career if I was just to be dependent on my company and giving me those those opportunities to do those things. So so thanks for, for sharing that. I, I think that's a, a good thing to throw in here, especially as some people have asked me as, as well the audience you know what should they do cltd when what's the what's the value there so so we, we want to talk today um our, our big topic today about this concept of psychological safety um and it's something that i guess i had never heard this this term before but the the concept is very interesting and I, i've certainly seen the the concept in in my experience in, in working in distribution warehousing but tell us i guess from your perspective what what is psychological safety 
Well, to give the definition, it's the individual's perception of the consequences of taking an interpersonal risk. Mm. And then you immediately ask yourself, what is an interpersonal risk? <laughs> well, if, if I know somebody not so well, I could ask him a question, but then I might be afraid that the other person thinks I'm a dumb one because I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. But if I really want to ask the question, I will do it. And if the other person then is going to humiliate me with the words, you are a dumb one, then of course <laughs> I know enough. But yeah. usually when you ask a question, you will see to your surprise that many people are happy to help you. And that applies for a lot of other things. For instance, taking a little risk, you see something unusual. It's not in your job description. Mm -hmm. And you are thinking, shall I do it or not? And then if you are afraid to take this risk, you do nothing. And then, of course, you could have done something afterwards, mm -hmm. but you didn't do it because you're afraid to be punished. If you are psychological safe, you, you do it. Maybe there is a little risk, but then your boss will ask you, why did you do it? And then you explain to the boss, this and this happened. So I took this decision. And then the boss said, well, I like people that are not sitting on their hands, but that are really trying to accomplish a task. Mm -hmm. In this time, it didn't work out so well, but next time you could do it another way, blah, 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 and then you're good. So you are not afraid to be labeled as anything negative, like lazy or dumb or negative. Mm -hmm. uh, you are safe if you think that in your team, the other team members will not punish you for just a mistake, but they will take that mistake as an opportunity to learn and to avoid it and to make maybe another mistake yourself the next time, but mm -hmm. only once. That's, in fact, also everything I told to my students. I said, you are here in this university. Right. This is a school. It's different from later on. In the real workplace, you don't want to make many mistakes because in some companies, they wouldn't even allow you to make one mistake. Mm. In some companies, you make makes two mistakes, but never three. But in this school, you make all the mistakes you want. You mm. learn by doing. And, well, the best way of learning is doing, of course. Right. And while doing, you will make mistakes and you will get feedback. And this feedback is not aimed to give you a miserable life, but the feedback is meant to, to improve you. And... Mm -hmm. People feel safe if they are in this kind of atmosphere. I maybe might tell you how I stumbled upon this term. Sure. Uh, some some 10 years ago, we had a quite a lot of senior people in the team, like mm -hmm. me right now. And we hired a lot of young people to, to teach. And they were people from the practical field, okay. uh, you know, professional software engineers that recently had the quite good jobs and they wanted to be in the, let's say, more protected environment of the university with a lot of free days and the mm. quality time and they had to learn to teach and the best way of to learn to teach was not to give them a course or to let them read books or something but just give a little preparation let them spy on on me and other senior colleagues mm. and then now you're going to do it yourself but we are going to sit in the back of the class we we keep our mouth shut you solve all the problems and afterwards we will talk about what's What's, what went on in your class, and we ask you, what do you think that went okay? Mm. And that worked quite well. It was also learning on the job. And then uh, I did some more research, and I came to this Google company with their project Aristotle. Mm. And they were investigating what makes a team. In fact, what makes an effective a team, and they call that a wonder team. And then I discovered that the first and most important characteristic of a wonder team is that the members 
are feeling psychological safe. Right. So they know how to give feedback. They know how to get feedback. Everybody in the team knows it's his own or her, her own strong and mm. less stronger points. And the other people know if I let do Rob this, he will like it and he will do it better and faster than anybody else. If we ask Rob to do that, mm. well, he might do it, but maybe <laughs> not. And he is he's not giving it the highest priority. But I know in my turn, if they ask me to do a less favorable job, they ask it because maybe somebody else that should do it is ill. And I'm not afraid to step in his place and I'll do it. Although it is not my most favorite job, I still will do it yeah. with the best things I have inside. So the, the second thing in the team is that people are dependable. Mm. You, a yes is a yes and a no is a no. They, they complete their quality work with professionalism on time and maybe also in the budget. And then the third one is also important. It gives you, uh, the, the, the team gives you structure and the clarity about your jobs. Mm. And once again, if you have a, a job that you really know and then where you know what to do and not to do, mm. you are psychological safe. You are right. willing to take risks, but you are not making the obvious mistakes. Mm. And then the, the, the fourth and the fifth ones were that you think your job is meaningful to the company. It creates, you know, what it should create at the end, of course, a profit mm -hmm. and that your job also has a positive impact on society. I can tell you that in university, of course, teaching young people to become professionals yeah. for sure has a profound impact on society because in the Netherlands, we have a big, huge shortage on tech people. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to be a journalist or a lawyer or something, but nobody wants to have a blue collar on and uh, do something <laughs> with electronics or with mechanics or other things. So we must import our brains from India and from Romania and Bulgaria and so on. But right. that also makes it a nice city with international students. So psychological safety is essential for, I would say, any team. We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Interesting. And I mean, I think it's a really interesting concept because, you know, you should be able to to ask those questions and, and like you said, not be in fear that someone's going to, you know, basically come down on you and, and, you know, like you said, call them, call you dumb or something like that. Right. Yes. And, 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 you know, it's, it's interesting how people will in a sense be, be in fear almost to, to speak up or, or give some type of feedback in a, in a work setting, because like you said, they may be in, in fear of, of being, you know, punished or potentially, you know, kind of you know, blacklisted or, or something, right? Uh, not included in projects because, you know, they're, you know, not saying what everyone necessarily 
wants to hear, like all positives, right? So, so it's a, it's an interesting thing, and I, I think it's something that I've certainly seen in, in my ex- experience where. You know, there's certain people where not only are they afraid to give some feedback, but then there's also people within organizations that are not necessarily receptive to feedback, you could say, right? Like they don't necessarily take feedback well if it's not all praise, right? So I'm curious from your perspective as we, you know, we're the, the new warehouse podcast, right? So we're, we're focused on the, the warehousing side. So so why, why do you think this psychological safety is so important for, for a warehousing and or fulfillment space? Well, I think I don't know any warehouse or fulfillment situation where just mm-hmm. one person is doing all, everything. Right. You always work in a team and you get things done in a team together. And so it, it boils down to teamwork. And in any teamwork where you do things together, where you have shared, shared responsibilities, this, this team building, team working concept is important. And then, yeah, like, like the Google Wonder Teams, mm-hmm. uh, being safe is, is important. And I also don't know any warehouse or fulfillment situation where everything always runs completely predictable. Right. Uh, things are breaking. Things are not in the place where they should be. Suppliers are late. There are risk orders. Sometimes there is a little bit or even much more work to be done than possibly can be done in the time that is allotted and you have to do unexpected overtime, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So you have to cope with the unexpected. And then you see the qualities of a, of, of a team. Because in in a bad team, the, everybody is you know look look, but in a one of them we we get the things done, mm-hmm. and uh, well, in in such a situation, uh, we all are human beings. We make mm-hmm. mistakes, and uh, then it becomes important what we are going to do with the team members that make mistakes. Are we going to you know punish them, or are we going to use the mistake to do it right. better next time? That's that's really the essence. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think the punishment word there, I think, is a a huge thing, especially for the warehousing and and fulfillment space. I mean, you know, I mean, you're coming from a a lean background as well, right? I mean, you know, going to the the floor and, and being able to rely on the employees that are doing the work every day for for feedback and, and understanding of how processes are going and, and even finding potential improvements from them is a is a huge yeah. opportunity for organizations to, to be able to do that, right? But oftentimes you see where these workers have been, you know, quote unquote punished in in the past, maybe in in previous jobs or different departments, depending on how organizations are are run or or managers attitudes or supervisors, you know, actions and, and what they do um can can result in that. And you know, from those experiences, then people I think, you know, naturally kind of shy away from now being, you know, more outspoken about things that they could potentially see as improvements or, or issues that they see because of those experiences of, you know, being met with some, some negative reactions or, or not necessarily, you know, open, open ears to feedback. Right. So, so I, when you have, and I've certainly had employees in, in warehousing settings that have, have come in as, as new hires and, and worked for me and and have experienced this, I think, in the past. And, you know, you, you see that it's, it's hard to kind of get them to get to a place where they feel comfortable sharing, right? And, and having this, this psychological 
safety, right? Where they can give some feedback, whether they think a new process is, is good or, or bad, or, you know, part of the process is, is not working for them in their, their day to day. And they think it could be better if we do X, right. Versus Y. So, you know, how do you think that you can, when you bring in people that maybe have experienced being psychologically unsafe, I guess we could say, right. And in the past, how do you work on kind of changing their their thinking and being able to to get them to feel psychologically safe within your environment well yeah it's a good question I, I would say that i would try to look to them to supervise them and i would try with with feedback mm-hmm. to make them clear what it's the meaning of psychological safety mm. so for, let's take a little example I, I for instance could see that another picker is picking a bottle with liquid sure. And while he's picking, he sees that the bottle already is leaking. Mm. And then he quickly looks around if nobody sees, and then he puts the bottle in the box, he closes the box, job done. Mm. And then I would ask this other picker at, at my desk, here or not on the desk, somewhere, and I would ask him, why did you put the bottle on in, in the box while it was obviously leaking? And then this person might say, okay, yeah, I have my performance to, to meet. And right. uh, if I would report this, it would take time. Mm-hmm. But then I would say, what do you think uh, what happens with this broken bottle? Well, sooner or later, of course, a customer will open it and uh, then he will be dissatisfied. So I would say, what is better for the company? An unsatisfied customer or maybe an order picker that did pick one item less than he should pick in this hour. Mm. Yes, one one order picker, one order less, of course. Okay, so next time, please don't pack, pack a, package a broken bottle. And by the way, why, why, why do you do this? Well, in my previous job, I was perfectly instructed by my supervisor to, to do whatever to get this <laughs> performance criterion and yeah. to even packing a broken item didn't matter. As soon as the, the package was closed, nobody would take care. Somebody else was the, was the victim, but that was not his problem. Mm. And by, you know, showing how this works, I would slowly, but, you know, not too slow, try to change the behavior mm. with, with feedback. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a great example there because I think there is oftentimes we find, especially in you know the the fast paced environment of especially like e commerce, right? You know, it's, yes. you know, get all these orders out, you know, by this time. You, you do find situations where performance sometimes can potentially, I guess, psychologically outweigh the necessarily the quality aspect, right? Like if you see, if you look at your your example, and I think that. That, you know, it needs to be communicated effectively that, you know, it, it, quality is kind of actually above performance in a sense, right? I mean, I, I would always tell, you know, my pickers and, and my employees, it's, you know, you could pick, a, you know, a thousand orders in a, a minute for me, but if, you know, 900 of them are, are incorrect, then you only really picked a hundred, right? So, you know, if that order's wrong going out the door, I mean, it essentially essentially didn't count in a sense. Right. So, I mean, as you start to give them those, those perspectives, I, I think you're able to, to change the thinking a little bit. And, and also one thing that I've, has been effective as well for me is kind of along that that same example i had a, a situation where we had an inventory issue where the product was supposed to be in a lower level pick location but it i guess for, 
for whatever reason, the, the pallet was, was not in the correct spot, but the same product, there was like an overstock pallet, like two, two levels up and people were, were picking from that overstock pallet for you know, almost like two weeks and never said anything. They never, like the system kept driving them to that pick location on the the bottom and they saw it was like two levels up. So they're like, Oh, I'm just going to take it from there. I'm just going to take it from there. I'm just going to take it from there. And then, and then finally, you know, it, it came to the point where that, that overstock pallet was, you know, coming down and, and then someone said like, Oh, there's not enough. And I go and look at it. I'm like, you know, why didn't no, no one say anything? Like, why didn't no one speak up this whole time? And it was, it was kind of like that, that lack of understanding of like, Hey, you know, we, you, you need to speak up when something's wrong because it's not only, impacting you and i showed them too i'm like i'm like nine of you went to this location and didn't say anything and and then now finally it's catching up and now we have an issue like where we can't figure out like what's going on with this order so so if you speak up at that time then you know we're able to to fix the issue and then fix it for everybody that's going to come behind you as well so I think it's it's really interesting this idea of psychological safety and I'm happy that you could you could enlighten me initially and and now enlighten our audience as well Great. to this to this topic and and really shed some light on it and bring bring it to the forefront because I think it's extremely important in our industry and the environments that we work in that you know people are comfortable to be able to give this feedback and especially people that are on the floor they're going to have some of the best ideas, I think, in my experience yeah. for improvements and things like that. And if they feel comfortable being open and, and suggesting things, whether you know their suggestion ultimately makes it into the process or, or doesn't, you give them that understanding of like, yeah, we're going to, we can consider it and you know work through it and, and see what it looks like. They're going to feel comfortable, you know, coming and giving you more and more and more, and it's just going to be great benefit for your organization, I think. So if we look at psychological safety from your perspective, I mean, if you have this built into your culture, what do you see are long-term benefits of psychological safety? Well, I really like that question because I was just about to make the remark that psychological safety in itself is not new. If you look, for instance, at the TPS, I think you know it, the Toyota mm-hmm. production system, yeah. then it has a roof and the three pillars and basement. And the middle pillar is the most important. And you see over there things like employee morale and uh, worker participation and mm-hmm. quality circles. So I've seen at DAF, they, they produce uh, about 10 trucks per hour, but on the last Friday of Every month, they stop production during the last three hours of the Friday, and they sit in quality circles. So they could have produced some 30 trucks, but they prefer to improve the quality on the longer term. And that's also, of course, a, a very you know good opportunity to discuss everything that has to do with psychological safety. Right. But it, it is, in fact, what you're asking is it, it, it brings the company on a higher level, going for short-term profits, and this year's PL sheet, that's one thing. But if you are investing in your people, you will have a better working atmosphere. The people will make less mistakes. They will be almost never ill. Very important. Mm-hmm. No absenteeism, maybe half a percent. Yeah. And at the long term, the quality strategy brings the most. And that has been true for almost each and every company that has gone on this way. And psychological safety is just one of the many uh, contributors to this long term quality perspective mm. yeah yeah great points and I, I think your your comment there about the you know going for the the short-term profit versus the the long-term really 
building a business that's that's solid, puts out a quality product, and also, you know, like you said, you know, reducing that that employee turnover and then reducing employee absenteeism. I mean, is a is a huge thing. And if you think about, yeah, maybe I might sure. might add one thing. You see companies more and more emphasizing on ESG, you know, environment, right. social, and governance. And uh, if you relate. Uh, psychological safety to these ESG, then of course it is in the middle letter, social. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have these triple D jobs, you know, dangerous, dirty, and demeaning. Yeah. I don't think that many companies can keep up with this triple D jobs. Mm. People at the end are not stupid and they will prefer to work for the ESG companies that take it serious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great point too. I mean, it's, it can only help you just build your business stronger and I think more resilient as, as time goes on, which, exactly. you know, instead of chasing, like you said, that short-term profit, it's going to just exponentially increase your, your long-term profits and your, you know, really help you build a business that's going to, you know, stand the, the test of time and I think be, be solid yeah. and, and very quality. So, so Rob, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking about this topic with me and incredibly interesting and, and definitely um, a great thing to to be putting into to practice, I think, in operations yeah. or, or all aspects of the business, really. So if people are interested in, in learning more about what you do or, or getting in touch with you, what's the, what's the best way to do that? You, you can go to my LinkedIn profile. I'm not difficult to find, of course. And then you will see my, my email address, my professional and my, I think, Gmail or something. You can just send me a mail. Uh, I'm also on the Apex list of, of master instructors, so I'm not that, that difficult to find. In fact, if you Google me, you will also find me for sure. Okay, great. And we'll definitely put all that information at thenewwarehouse.com as well so people can easily find it and easily find Rob. So, Rob, thank you once again for your time on the show today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from The New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for The New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.